0: today, I want to speak to you from this thought. Light of the world. Light of the world. I, I love my wife uh, a ton, and, and she is a, a phenomenal woman, and one of her, her many qualities, one of them is, is she's a great decorator, and I love how she uses pictures of our family to decorate different areas. For instance, in my office, I have a picture of it right here. In my office, my, my, my wife has uh, decorations of picture, a collage of pictures of our family, my all my four children, my wife, and just our family. When I'm in my office, I can see that. I love, I love seeing my children, even in my green room. Oftentimes, before I come out to preach in my green room, I can look at my family, God's blessings to me, my wife and my children. I love how my wife took that area and just decorated with our, our family. And even in our home, when, when Tiffany and I walk out of our bedroom, the wall facing that, that we see right when we walk out of our bedroom is this wall here. And we see a family, just, just the C. Cooper family, and look at my children and my wife. And I just love that wall walking out, memories and moments that have been captured of my family, just records. And we're a big picture family. We don't just have it on our walls, but we actually own photo books. And these, these books are all of ours. All these albums are, are my family here, and these are actually my family pictures, and I love seeing my family. I get emotional, the moments, the memories that have been captured and recorded, my children's birth, and lots of fun. We just love to capture these, these memories. And I, I thought I would just take you back down memory lane and show you Herbert Cooper back in the day. <laughs> this is the very first picture ever taken of me of my birth. Come on, y'all know them cheeks are cute. Come on, somebody. That's a pretty baby right there. You better say that's a pretty baby. That's a nine-pound baby. I come to take over the world when I came out nine pounds. Come on, somebody. Come on, check out this next picture. This is the next picture of me. There's me in the middle with my afro. Come on, somebody. Holler at your boy with that afro. You know what I'm talking about. That's my little brother. That's my big brother to the left of me, Scotty. My cousin to the far left. To the right of me is my sister. She's eleven months younger than me, Herlana. And then to the right of her is Stephanie, my little cousin. No, no, no. Or my big cousin. Notice the Easter egg. It was Easter time. We were dying Easter eggs and having fun during Easter season. Check out the next picture. That is my. Uh, That's me in the middle there with the red shirt, with that smile, come with that afro. I'm happy. To the left of me is my brother. To the right of me is my little sister. To the far left, the lady, I don't know who she is. Welcome to the family. Glad you made the picture today. To, to, the, to the far right, my, 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 my cousin Stephanie, and then the lady standing to the far right, my mama, my pretty mama, passed away five years ago or so. Come on, isn't she beautiful? Check out them glasses. Come on, mama. You go ahead, girl, with them glasses so them sunglasses. Okay, check out this next picture. This is my graduation from eighth grade. Come on, somebody. Look at that tight fade. Come on, look at that fade. Eighth grade, happy graduated, eighth grade. We're going to skip high school and college and jump right on to the next picture. Check this picture out. This is my wedding day. Eight. Eighteen years ago when Tiffany and I said I do, I married the love of my life. Check out this next picture. This picture is of me and my children on Father's Day last year. This is what I look like after preaching for services. Right there is what I look like. We're having fun and just my, my children. And we, we love capturing memories. And as human beings, we love keeping records. And I want you to know just like we love to keep records, so does God. God has a big camera in the sky, and God keeps records. My first thought is this. What I want you to understand is God keeps records of Christ followers so he can reward us. God keeps records of Christians and their lives so he can reward us. The Bible actually says that every Christian will give an account before God at the judgment day seat of Christ. The Bible talks about at least two specific judgments. One of them is called the judgment seat of Christ. And the judgment seat of Christ has nothing to do with heaven or hell. As Christians, we've already been, been saved. Our sins have been forgiven. We've placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. We are forgiven of our sins. So this judgment is not about heaven or hell. This judgment is about us receiving rewards based on how we lived our life on this earth. Here's what I want you to understand. How you live your life on this earth matters now and for all of eternity. Because God is keeping records and will reward us accordingly. The Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the, the believers' judgment, the Christians' judgment. Notice beginning in verse 10, it says, For we must all, all Christians, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. God is keeping records of the good and the bad that we do as Christians. Why? Here's the only reason. So that God can reward us for our life here on this earth. It's awesome that God is keeping records. You see, when you're serving and you think nobody knows... Can I tell you, God is keeping records of your surfing. When you're loving people, God says, "I I see you loving people." When somebody hurts you but you forgive them, God says, "Man, I'm keeping records." When you want to slap somebody silly but instead you turn the other cheek, God says, "I see you." Way to go! God sees your faithfulness. Oftentimes we think, nobody sees what I'm doing. I've been so faithful to God behind closed doors. Nobody sees my faithfulness of giving my time, talent, and treasure. Nobody sees all of the work I do for God. Nobody sees me witnessing. God says, no, 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 no. I keep a record of your faithfulness to me. Malachi talks about this in Malachi 3 and verse 16. It says, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book, notice this, a book of remembrance. God keeps records. A book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. And God is going to reward faithful Christians. People who truly live their life in fear and reverence to God. God keeps a record. Book of remembrance. Question, are you faithful to God? Do you fear God? Do you have a reverence for God? You see, when you fear God, it changes how you talk. When you fear God, it changes what you listen to. When you really fear God, it changes what you watch. When you fear God, it changes how you treat people. When you fear God, it changes how you live your life because you realize that God is going to reward you for your faithfulness. On this earth. And God is also keeping records of the bad we do. The scripture I read to you, the judgment seat of Christ, it says the good and the bad. And God is keeping records, and there are some Christians that just call strife. Have you ever met a gossiping Christian? Just gossip. They always tear down church people and always cause them problems in church. And instead of, instead of, making the name of Jesus famous and making Jesus look good they make Jesus look bad and the church look bad they're just they're always causing problems and they're hateful and they're and they're mean and and they're Christians and they and they're not faithful to God they're not faithful with their life to the Lord and and God's keeping records. And and, and and the Bible says this. It talks about the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. And it says, it says that people are going to, 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 to make it to heaven and they're going to be judged. And, and it says that, that as they're getting ready to go into heaven, it says that their works are going to be tested by fire. And some and, and their works are some people, all their works are going to be burned. Because their works are wood, hay, and stubble. They, they did the right things for all the wrong reasons. They weren't faithful to God as they should have been. And they barely the Bible says that they barely make it in, whoop, and everything burns up. Whoa! Whew. But I made it. Whew. My hiney's hot, but I made it. Because they were not faithful to God. And all their works were burned up because they were not faithful. And God is keeping records. Why? For only one reason. The Christian's judgment is not about heaven or hell. It is about rewards in heaven. Because how you and I live our life really does matter now and for all of eternity. I want you to understand as well, God keeps records of unbelievers' sins. He keeps records of those who do not know him. He keeps a record of their sins. You see, the Bible describes a second judgment. It's called the great white throne judgment. And this judgment is for non-believers, for those who do not know Jesus. And Revelations chapter 20 talks about the the great white throne judgment. You find it in verse 12, beginning in verse 12, it says, And so, and, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books, notice plural, there's a lot of them, and books were open. Books, God is keeping records of people's lives and sins, and, and books, books, plural, were opened. And then it says, and another book was open. Now this book is totally separate than the books of sin. This this book is called the book of life, the scripture says. You have to understand the book of life. The scripture says when a Christian, when somebody gives their life to Christ and becomes a Christian, God writes their name in the lamb's book of life. God knows who his children are. He writes their name in the book of life. It goes on to say this, they were the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded. Notice this, recorded In the books, God is keeping records. It's recorded. Verse 13, the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. That's a key word there, they. Come on, everybody at all of our locations, everybody shout, they. They They were judged according to what they had done done. Verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, that's hell. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire to hell. The scripture says this, if you don't give your life to Christ, your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life and you will be thrown into the lake of fire. Now understand that God possesses so many wonderful qualities. God is merciful He's kind, he's gracious, he's long-suffering. God is love. The Bible actually says that that's how the Bible describes God. God is love, and our loving God is a just God. You see, the reason God is keeping records is because God doesn't want anybody to stand before him and say, God, you're not fair. See, God's very fair, He's loving. Nobody will stand before God on judgment day and say, God, you're just mean. I don't deserve it. You're just mean. God says, no, no, I'm a loving God. Let me, this is, and this you right here? back? This is, that's you, that's back in the 40s right here. And that's you and that's when you were cheating and that's a picture. And that, that's you right there and, no, I love you, but look, let me, the Bible says, he judged them according to what they had done. This is this is what you did. Any you, that's you right there. You remember back when you were a kid, you were at the grocery store and you stole that Snicker bar? That's you. That's, that's, yeah, right there. That's just that's what you did. God, you're unfair. No, I'm not. No, this is you. This this is you lying right here. Matter of fact, I got like twelve pages, of you lying. It's just it's, it's <laughs> just just this is This is this is you right here. This is your life, and this is you in the 80s. I think y'all called that the freakazoid. Isn't that what you was doing? Yeah, that's what you called it. Yeah, that's, that's you in the 80s, and that's you. And this is you right here. You remember, you remember back in 1972, you went to Easter service, and, and you heard the gospel, and I was drawing you to me by my spirit, and you rejected me. He's like, I don't, I don't want Jesus. That, that was, that was, that's, that's that moment when you rejected me. You remember you went to Christmas service several times, and that was you right here. It was 1985. You are in Christmas service, and you rejected me. You remember right? That was you as a kid right here. You were in Sunday school, and they were teaching you, and they had the felt board and all little characters, and they were teaching you, and you were like, "I don't want Jesus. I don't need Jesus." <coughs> you? That, that's you right? There. That's that's you in 2016 at, at the Easter service. Remember the Easter service? Glory. That, that was that's you right there. And I was drawing you to me, and you you rejected me. And you remember you were on va- this is you on vacation. You went to the ocean, and you you saw my vastness and my creation, and how awesome the ocean is, and all of the fish and wells and birds and, and all the sand. And you looked up, and you thought there has to be a God. How could all of this? And I was drawing you through my creation, and yet you just rejected me, and you chose just to walk in darkness. And instead of running to me, you ran away from me. And, and you just said, I'm just, I'm just going to live in darkness. And it's amazing how when you and I are far from God or we're running from God or we're rebelling or we're telling God no, how we just want to stay in darkness instead of coming to the light. The Bible talks about this because God knows us so well and he knows our tendencies. And in John 3 and verse 19, it says, this is the verdict. Light, this is referring to Jesus. Light has come into the world. You see, John 8 and verse 12 calls Jesus the light of the world. Light has come into the world. Jesus has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. The scripture says everyone who does evil hates the light. They hate the light. They don't want to come into the light. They hate Jesus. And, and a lot of people wouldn't say they hate Jesus with their mouth, but they say it with their life. Like, you know, Jesus, I just don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to church. Oh, church, God, ugh, time for that. And somehow we, we think, and I know what it's like. I've been there where, where we stay in darkness. And we, we don't want anybody to know what we do. And we think, I don't want my deeds exposed. No one will ever know. It's my little secret. Nobody will ever know. I'm getting away with it. But God says, no, you have to understand, I'm a fair God. I'm just. And I don't want anybody to stand before me and say I wasn't fair. And so I'm, I'm keeping records. It goes on to say in verse 21, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. I love that verse. When you want to live by the truth, you come into the light. You come to the light of the world. When you want to live a life of freedom, when you want your sins forgiven, when you want heaven, not hell, you come to the light of the world so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Listen, it's so important that you understand God's heart. As a communicator of the gospel, as a teacher, as a preacher of the gospel, I want you to know God's heart. God is not keeping records To condemn anyone to hell. That's not his heart. God's heart is salvation. God's heart is a heart of forgiveness. You see, that's what Easter is all about. That's why God sent his only son, Jesus. He sent Jesus into the world to forgive People to 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 give us salvation, to give us hope. That's God's heart. Matter of fact, I'm reading to you John chapter three. If we just go up three verses earlier, we see the heart of God so clearly and so deeply towards you and me. You know this verse, John three verse sixteen, as God shares His heart for us. It says, "For God so loved the world." Let's make it personal. For God so loved you, He really does that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life well pastor why did God send his son he must hate me he's mad at me he wants to condemn me no that's not why God sent Jesus verse 17 tells us why God sent his son for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him you see, no matter what you've done, how much you've blown it, how, how you've fallen short, we all have. God sent his son not to condemn the world, but to save the world. He sent the light of the world that we would not have to live in darkness. And listen to me, when you find yourself in darkness and you know what, you find yourself trapped, man, I've been there, and you're living in sin, and man, and you're just like, man, this is not good, and, and I, I'm trapped in my sin, and but when you bring your sin and your darkness to Jesus, the light of the world, do you know what happens? He forgives you, and he cleanses you immediately. You see, do you know what happens to the pictures that I've just taken? When I exposed this film, I just took some great pictures. You were looking beautiful. But you know what happens when I expose this film to the light? It just erased every picture that I took. Because when you expose the film, the darkness, to the light, It erases every picture that was taken, and that's why the Bible calls Jesus the light of the world. And when you take your sin and your mess and your filth and your nastiness and your chaos and your junk and you bring it to the light of the world, Jesus Christ, he forgives you and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. God did not send Jesus to condemn you. He sent him to save you. Jesus didn't take nails in his hands to condemn you, but to save you. He didn't take nails in his feet to condemn you, but to save you. He didn't take a crown of thorns on his head to condemn you, but to save you. He didn't take a spear in his side to kill you and condemn you, but to save you. He didn't breathe his last breath and say, It is finished To condemn you, but to save you. Jesus didn't get buried in a borrowed tomb to condemn you, but to save you. He did not get up three days later with all power in his hands to condemn you, but to save you. And when you bring your junk and you bring your filth to Jesus, he washes away your sins and remembers them no more and he opens up his book. Let me show you the 1940s, it's white as snow. Let me show you the 50s, it's white as snow. Let me let me show you the 60s, it's, it's white as snow. Let me show you the 60s. But God, but God, I remember what I did in 1970. I don't remember what you did. When you expose it to the light of the world, I forgive you, I cleanse you of everything you've ever done and I will remember it no more. The writer of Hebrews says it like this, Hebrews 8 and verse 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And you keep trying to remind God what you did back in 1992, and God says, it's under the blood. I don't remember it. It's covered. It's washed. You're brand new. You're a new creation. I remember it no more. Isaiah 43 and verse 25 says, I, even I am he who blots out. I blot out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more that is what easter is all about an empty tomb so that we could be washed as white as snow what an amazing god he sent his son not to condemn you but to save you and to wash you as white as snow john 3:21 if you want to live by the truth would you come to the light Would you come to the light of the world? Don't don't stay in darkness. Don't stay in hiding. Don't run from God any longer. Come to God just like you are, messed up, broken in sin, whatever you're facing, and bring it to the light of the world. And he'll wash you, and he'll cleanse you, and he'll forgive you because the empty tomb is about your salvation and your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, thank you right now for moving in hearts. We've all fallen short. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. I know I have, God. We all need a Savior. We all need Jesus. And Lord, I pray today that no one in this place who doesn't know you, I pray today they wouldn't choose to stay in darkness and hiding in secrets. I pray today they would run to the light and expose their sin to you, Jesus. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that their sins will be forgiven and they'll be washed as white as snow. In Christ's name I pray.